Hello and welcome to the Films and Swear and Movie Podcast. The Foul Mouth Movie Cod... Codpast? No, Codpast. the well, Foul Mouth Movie Podcast. That records straight out of five Scotland. I'm your host Stuart Sutherland and join me across the room. Magic Mike Chrissy, a.k.a. The Mexican. Now, if we did have Andrew Walker with us tonight, which we don't, unfortunately, I was going to refer to him as the Cowpuncher. That was the taglines to the Hateful Eight posters each person had. The Mexican, the Confederate, the Cowpuncher. I completely forgot fucking, like, Joe Gage. I'm just an old cowpuncher. I really was like, who the fuck's a cow puncher? I don't remember cows getting uh, punched in this film. I thought I was trying to think who the cow puncher was. Aye, but you're my Mexican. You're my senior Bob. Well, I'm listening to the rules. I've got no hats on. Aye, no hats and no Mexicans. Well, no, it's fine. We let Dugs in, but no Mexicans. Aye. So, yes, you cunts are listening to episode 162 The Hateful Eight. Aye. Mm-hmm. It's about time we talk about this. Oh, fucking long awaited. Um, and it's like we've been fucking teasing it as well. There's so many times where it's like, All right, fuck it, let's just do Hateful Eight. Like, no, no, we'll wait. We'll, we'll just wait for it. But now we're here. Magic time. <laughs> Before we go any further, let's warm up, talk a wee bit more about Tarantino. Like the, the, the fucking films we have yet to cover. There's two. Yeah. Old Jackie Brown and Death Proof. Yeah. Two so, that's probably slightly down in his... Yes. ...in folks' like, opinions. Aye. Oh, aye. People do not like Death Proof. To be honest, I've only watched it once. I ah, reckon yeah. if that's because yep. it's one of the films that Kenny really, really only needs like one watch. Mm-hmm. But I'd probably watch that again. I I would definitely watch it like for the sake of it for a podcast and the fact like Kurt Russell's in it as well. Yeah. We only like, just watch it again for the fact that he's in it this time. Like when I watched it originally, I didn't know who the fuck Kurt Russell was. Recognised him for something, but I didn't know what it was. Yeah. And that was back when, like when it first went online. Ah, they done that grind to double bill, which I think is still quite an expensive Blu-ray. I noticed that the other day they were still looking twenty quid. To have that as a double feature Blu-ray. And you can just buy the two films separately for like a quarter of the price. Aye. Nearly drink water there. Um, and of course Jackie Brown. I've got a soft spot for Jackie Brown. I quite enjoy I've that film. It. Maybe I, I did have it on DVD. And I did watch it maybe two or three times. It's quite a long film. I oh, mean, aye. majority aye. of films now are Exactly. But... I thought it was alright, I quite like Bob De Niro's character in it, mm-hmm. and I thought Michael Keaton was good. I can't remember Michael Keaton in it, I do remember... the police, or the, is that the day with the police or the FBI, I can't mind. Ah, right, because it's him, um, it's... Sam Jackson Sam plays, Jackson, uh, with a, a soul patch. Aye, it's like a fucking reverse, like, cap. Yeah, aye, <laughs> and the chick for Kiss of the Dragon. Oh, Bridget Fonda, the ah, can it was, it was Fonda. I was going to say the wrong one. What one? Who's the 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 one where it's like that mother-in-law movie? She's well in her seventies now. Is it Bridget Fonda? No, I should say Bridget Fonda. Bridget Jane Fonda. Jane Fonda. Aye. Aye, that's. I was going. I was would end up saying that instead of Bridget. 
But I always remember, like, that's the lassie who gets the dragon. Uh, she's the one that basically gets stoned all the time and decides to, like, shag Bob the Nero, which, to be fair, Bob's been around the block a few times. Yeah. I mean, pulled... every every few years it gets a lassie chucked his way. I mean, Aubrey Plaza was last dirty thing. grandpa. Aye, I love what he did from, but I actually had quite a soft spot for. It. I thought it was quite good. Aye, I I need to watch it again. <laughs> I did watch a bad copy of it, but on Netflix. Um, Mike and Dave need wedding dates. Like I watched that one, expecting to hate it, and it's like, ah, I, quite I like came to watch and it's like, oh, that's better than I thought. I'm I'm going to give this a bit more credit than than what it's given. Yeah. So I, I'd imagine we'll probably cover Jackie Brown and Death Proof in, in the coming year or so, especially in the lead up to like future films of his. Yeah. I've got a spoiler warning. Right, let's go. You've I've been teasing it. Kept me in anticipation for the... And is your cat in the room? No. Nah. No, nah, okay, that's fine. I, was, I fear I might give the cat a fright. Why? I can't, you'll fund it. Alright folks, what you hear now is our spoiler alert music. Us at the Films and Swear movie podcast can be arse void in spoilers. So if you're a sensitive bugger and you've not seen today's film... You have to close the door! Close the door! Nails! No, you need two pieces of wood! Hammer and nails by the door! Fuck! Well, to be honest, the way it started... A bit choppy. No. I generally thought you were going to the route of the, <clears throat> of the story he was telling Bruce Dern. Oh, aye. As Laurie was circling <laughs> an eyes, warm, spoiler. Yeah. Aye. Well, so I had just a brainstorm. I was doing the speech and then he's like, oh, what if the fucking door blew open halfway through it? Aye. Suspecting he got a message up. So, <laughs> so that was... Message Your message say, what the fuck's wrong with the door? Aye. <laughs> uh, so, yes. Uh, if you haven't seen it, go watch it first. Cast of The Hateful Eight includes uh, Samuel Jackson as Major Marcus Warren, Kurt Russell as John Ruth, Jennifer Jason Lee as Daisy Dormergoo, uh, Walter Goggins as Sheriff Chris Mannix, Damien Birch as uh, Tim Roth as Oswald Old Mowbray. Michael Madsen as Joe Gage. Bruce Dern as General Sandy Smithers. James Parks as OB. Dana Gurrier as Minnie. Uh, Zoe Bell as Six Horse Judy. Lee Horsley as Ed. Gene Jones as Sweet Dave. Keith Jefferson as Charlie. Craig Stark as Chester Charles Smithers. Uh, Mike, go and tell us, what is the plot to The Hateful Eight? A uh, well-known bounty hunter happens to have a well-known prize. Mm-hmm. Bounty? Yeah, a well-known bounty, which she happens to be taking to Red Rock mm-hmm. in order to get the money and Collect to it. obviously watch her hang. And they end up finding herself in a cabin. As a cabin, eh? Aye, a cabin in a in the midst of a, a snowstorm. Yeah. And find the people occupying it. I know who they say they are. Mm-hmm. I don't even ask you. This isn't the first time you've seen this film. No, it's only the second. 
Oh, and then I cracked, yeah. I cracked the fucking film. I cracked the seal on the film the day. I've had it in the house for a year and a bit. What do you think? I thought it was alright. I think I thought it was better than I thought it was better the second time round. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, for myself, I feel maybe this might be like a fourth, fourth, fifth time watching. Probably not. Maybe definitely four. Yeah. And I... I fucking love this film. I fucking love this film. Like from the first frame to the last, I absolutely fucking love this film. Um, every way, everything from how it's shot, like those fucking phenomenal shots of the mountains, like those giant landscape shots, uh, fucking horse and carriages, and it looks like a fucking amazing painting. And just the way it's that mixed in with that, with that Ennio Morricone score. The fucking cast, the way it plays out, I fucking love it. Perfect. There's maybe absolutely maybe nothing I don't like about this film. Would you say this is your favourite Tarantino film? It's at the moment I Aye, uh... aye, it's weird because not I bet not a lot of fucking people not, I swear not. <laughs> Funnily enough. Um not a lot of people would say that. Yeah. Not a lot of people would aye. have it garnered a lot of hate. Because I remember when I watched it first, when the screeners got leaked. Leaked? I, the first um, reaction that I saw, on lo- saw online was my brother-in-law condemning it. Yeah. And I was like, fuck, that trailer looked good. Ah, I can watch it anyway. And then I was, I was like, I think I think what, what film he saw, but I was like, what I saw. I was like, I saw a fucking yeah, amazing film. I, th- I think it's because it's got a shit ton of dialogue and you have to kind of... I don't know, I think it's kind of fun where you would rather watch on your own instead of having a crowd of people. Because mm-hmm. if you're on your own and you're, and you're zoned in, you, right, you're, you're in you the remember everything with them. And, and it does it does work out at the end. Aye. And that's it, the way this, like, the fucking, the, the writing to this film, I pr- practically love every fucking character name. Like, Obdi has such, like, a clever wee character, the, the, the fucking dialogue they share. Like, the fact that I've never even heard of a fucking haberdashery, but now I love, fucking love the word haberdashery. Yeah. Like, it, the fucking screenplay is amazing. Like, I'm pretty sure he was nominated for his screenplay, but that's what he gets nominated a lot for, isn't it? Aye. Like, and that's probably what he's strongest in yeah. doing. And, funnily enough, this is maybe not one of the most stylish Tarantino films. I yeah. feel that's something he might have held back on. Because a lot of his other films are stylish as fuck. Yeah. The way he does on the editing and music, like, it's really good. Whereas this one, it feels almost, not bare bones, but, like, just really... Yeah, back to your roots, sort of thing. Aye, like... like back to, like, Reservoir Dogs. Aye. Reservoir Dogs wasn't stylish. Yeah. Pop Fiction probably wasn't stylish. I didn't think... He got slightly, he got stylish to maybe like Kill Bill. Aye, and, then and that felt really stylish. But that's it. You're doing a film that's like decades after the Civil War, having stylish editing, like wouldn't he suit it? Yeah. So it's it's just the way he done it. I think was perfect. Um, now the way we're gonna break this one down, rather than me sitting fucking sucking it off for the next hour and a half. Uh, we'll just go through the characters and just talk about what we liked. Yeah. So, uh, who 
do, will we leave? I reckon, where do we start? Who do we pick? Um, right, fuck it, we'll pick, uh, right, I'll go with uh, Chris Mannix. Okay, fucking Walter Goggins. Because he kind of starts off as like a wee role. Yes, and he ends up becoming the fucking hero by the end of it. Yeah. It's, it's almost like an amazing character arc of him just being the lordy of these marauders and uh, like just being a little redneck cunt to, yeah. to being the fucking hero. So tell me, what was one of your favourite uh, Chris Mannix scenes? I quite liked uh, like his opening scene where um, they're driving down and then he asked to like come aboard and all that. Aye. And the fact that he actually comes in and says like, Ken, I'm the sheriff at like, Red Rock. And obviously they're like, oh well, can you prove that? He's like, aye, he's like, I'll prove that once we get to Red Rock. Aye. And he tells that fucking story about uh, Wellenbeck. Aye. Where, like, he's filling in some backstory to, to Sam Jackson's character, Warren. Yeah. And like, it's a dark story. Mm. Like, what he does to get out of that. Was that prison, kind of? Like a, or, well, it's sort of like a prison camp. Aye. And he managed to escape by fucking torching the place, killing everyone. Yeah. And, like, the fucking reaction that he gets is a the place is all kindling. So I burned that fucker down. And there's fucking Daisy laughing, fucking John Roof's hee-hawing. And he's fucking, Mannix is so upset. It's like, there was fucking troops, there was cadets staying over there. And, that. and he was just getting all really upset that like a bunch of innocent fuck died because uh. of this cunt. And then he's like, but you killed a bunch of your own kind as well. There was all these black bodies they pulled it. And they were just trying to say that... Because he was kind of labelled like a chicken. They kept talking about like this uh, yelly stripe he had in his back. Yeah. But it wasn't until they fucking pointed the gun in his face and was like, you know, I think I'm going to have a nap and let this carriage rock me to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, I'm not getting shot in the face today. Yeah. Do you think he was telling the truth in the fact that he was the sheriff of Red Rock? Yeah. Because uh, he never... He never like, we never get that answer. And exactly. that just leaves everybody's... Like conspiracy theories and that. I think, oh, it, you could have dozens of conspiracy theories about this. Like, does Daisy have fifteen men on horses waiting for her? Like, there's yeah, hundreds of things you could pull from it. But I, I fully believed he was gonna be the sheriff of Red Rock. Like the shit later, like well in towards the end of the film, when Warren Mannix team up uh, after the whole Aye, coffee disaster, like everyone's dying. And he's like, right, Warren, you over here beside me. You three cunts against the wall. And he's like, well, I guess you believe I am the sheriff of Red Rock. And he's like, no, you're dumb enough to drink the fucking poison coffee. <laughs> That's why I didn't think you were in it. Yeah. But he does, something about the way, like, he does, like, he does sound like quite, kind of, a, like a redneck. Uh. But, like, his passion, his hatred for Joe Gage. Yeah. He's like, you know, like, fucking Warren's got a theory. He's worked all out on why, who would do what. And Mannix is like, I think the ugly one did it. And that's you, <laughs> Joe Gage. <laughs> and fucking, like, Michael Madsen and his long, luscious hair is just like, son of a bitch. Like, my days are numbered if it's me and Chris Mannix. Mm. I do like, uh, I'm, I'm not going to get overly involved in the last, in the, Everything's happening here, but it's a bit where he's uh, 
talking. Yeah, at the end, he's got the gun, and mm. then he just happens to fucking just fall. Aye, fall passes out. Aye. Aye, that's a great fucking tense moment because. Aye, because uh, like, you've got a uh, Morricone score. Aye. And then it's quite haunting as well. Fucking Warren's on the bed holding his plums, daisies. Well. <laughs> What's left? <laughs> um, that mm. whole thing where, like, where fucking Jody shoots him. Like, when the subtitles bring that up, it was like. Say it was like say basically the trans the line translated to say goodbye. Say goodbye to your legs. Aye. Aye, but he said it in Spanish. Aye, it was like, <laughs> and it was quite exact because right enough he was getting yeah. shot in the balls, um, and maybe Mannix is like the way he diffused the Lincoln letter Aye. was a key scene uh, because he's like you got a letter for Lincoln, like this. And we'll mention it here because I forgot to mention it during the the bit at the start. Yeah. This film is chock full of racial slurs. We're going to have to say said racial slurs just so we could paraphrase the shit we're talking about. So it's all in the context of the film. We are not racists. Right? Yeah. But he's written a letter to a nigger. Like, what? I don't believe that for a minute. <laughs> and like he, he he's smart enough to just to say, that letter's fucking bullshit, isn't it? Mm. And just to see fucking, like, when he admits it, I felt so fucking bad for, like, Kurt Russell's character. Like, John Roof just looked like he'd been taken for a ride. That's when they're at the table eating the stew, eh? Aye. And, like, Mannix is pissing himself laughing. Fucking Warren's laughing. Daisy's hee-hawing, fucking slapping the table. And she's got that great line. It's like, nigga got sass! Nigga's got sass! And he just fucking launches a bowl of stew in her face. And she's sitting there going... <laughs> but aye, Kurt Russell was a broken man. Like, yeah. He shed tears to that imaginary letter. <laughs> oh. Should we go on to Kurt Russell? Aye. Like, the fucking character of John Ruth. Like, everything from that fucking moustache to the big bearskin coat that he carried about. Yeah. Like, he was perfect and like he does the perfect Kurt Russell like when Kurt when Kurt Russell's fucking angry and he's like horse shit and like the way he fucking just shouts at folk or just the way he fucking fluffs his tash Aye. when he's he's saying and something insulting and it's like that's a lot of fucking horse laugh <laughs> and just fucking flips his hands as he fucking brushes his moustache um, I do love that character the whole shit at the start, again with the Lincoln letter, Aye. where he shows it to Daisy, like, look here, tramp. Like, this man has a letter from Lincoln. And she fucking spits in the letter. <laughs> fucking warring clocks her. And he was flying it. Aye. Flying it in the carriage. That, like, that slapstick comedy, like, that fucking hee-haw me, like, I was Aye. fucking pissing myself laughing because it's just like, <laughs> and you just remember, like, all these cunts are chained, well, those cunts yeah. are chained together. Uh, what about you? Some of your favourite scenes were well, John Roof, the hangman. Um, I like the fact that like his purpose is the fact that, um, that he doesn't want to kill anybody. Yeah, he, he actually rather just it's his take them alive, aye, mm. and he would just rather watch them hang. Aye, there's something cold about that, right? Because. As a warm was saying, like, any other cunt would be perched up on hell, shoot you for the distance, uh. then go fucking hand you in, but no, 
The hangman likes to watch you hang. It's the bit as well where um, it's where he, like, it's where he notices that like, like someone's a foot, and he does a whole spiel about yes. saying that he's like, he's taking out the hangman and he says, "Is there anybody that's like obliged to like him?" Doing it? And then he's like, "Really? Maybe got nothing to say." Aye, because that's a he. He's, and he, he knows eh? Aye, he's does a right wee investigation where he goes around. And fucking ask who, who Ockhan yeah. is. Like, yeah. Oswaldo, Joe Gage just fucking bangs his gun on the table to stop him from writing his life story. Yeah. Asks his bit, and he's like, right, I've got an obvious story, but nah, I, I don't believe it. And it's when they're having like a wee round table, and it's John, Daisy, uh, fucking Warren, and I think Mannix. And it's like, I don't think these people say who, like. Aye. They are who they say they are. I think there's something shady going on here. And they said the fucking days of, what do you think? It's like, what I think about John Roos Ravens, that it's like, I think he's right. It's like, we're all in cahoots. Like, the fucking dialogue is brilliant. Like, just Jennifer Jason Lee's delivery in it. Like, she's fucking brilliant in this. Yeah, I like the, even though it's, Normally, like in any other form, it's quite unflinching to watch. But like John Ruth, like treatment, uh, Daisy is fucking like it's kind of like almost slapstick in a way, but it's not. Aye, but he's knocking lumps out of fucking aye, it's women. It's elbows are in the, in the nose. The crunch. Yeah. Aye. Because well, let let's go through it. Uh, when they're letting, can I mind the first one was it when Warren was getting on. The carriage and he fucking clocks with the handle of the gun. Uh, and that's a serious one. That's like a that is a, a hard one to watch. And it, she's like, Oh, he's like, You listening to me? I'm like, yep, yeah. it's like, say it, woman. It's like, I hear you, and the blood's trickling down her face. Uh, but I that fucking elbow to the bus. Like, we need to work out a communication system. When I elbow you in the face, that's a code for you to shut up. But is and she's fucking holding her face and her nose going, oh! Like, she's fucking freaking out, but and she gets like this bloody goatee thing. Yeah. Where she's just and she's a fucking weirdo. There's something about her like fucking uh, Marcus Warren is freaked. Well, not freaked. He's shocked. Like just seeing a woman get elbowed in the face, and then she looks at him and she starts licking her lip, going, "Aye." Looking at the Wendy and is like, "This woman's weird." And this is not the first time she's been elbowed in the past. Aye. Like, her getting hit in the face with a stew was a light one. Aye. That could have been a lot worse. Let's see. And the fact that he actually does talk about, at the start of filming the elbows, about, like, knocking her teeth out. And further yes. down the line, he does actually knock her teeth out. Aye. And that is grim. Like, obviously, like, even though his character is cut short, he's in the film for a good while. Aye. Like, it's probably a good it's, hour and a bit before it kind of, like, Kicks off. Mm-hmm. This takes place after the story between Warren and uh, Smithers. Aye, aye, because that's the first fucking. That's the first, death. Like, aye, the first like, big bit of the film, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, because the way you think it plays it, they die first, but it's no. Like his story with fucking Smithers is a distraction for the whole poisoning of the coffee pot. Yeah. But aye, let's talk about fucking John Roost death scene like the the whole mixture of that 
well, that's it. It's really, it's like, that's the start of chapter four, where uh, we get that narration uh-huh. for, for Quentin Tarantino, no less. Now, that kicks in when, like, I saw this, I saw that fancy roadshow 70mm projection of it uh. back when it came out in, I think it was like February 2016. That's when it finally came to Scotland. And I saw that. That gap between the fucking story, the, the blowjob, sorry, let's just yeah. put it like that, and the start of chapter four, there was a 15 minute interval. Aye. So when Quentin Tarantino starts by saying, 15 minutes ago, we saw like fucking stories of black dicks and white mouths, and, and he's going into all that detail, but Aye. it's when you see fucking someone poison the coffee pots. Yeah. He fucking, like, like, even though he done a fucking rank uh, Australian accent and Django, him narrating shit is actually pretty cool. I actually didn't. Uh, I thought it was somebody else that was uh, narrating because it didn't really sound like him. Like him as much. I thought I was trying to picture who it was because it sounded somebody familiar. But it wasn't until I ran through the cast and I seen that it was him that was narrating it, and I thought, aye, oh. like the whole the shit with him just talking about what's going on in the room, like how Obi loses the fucking. The straw thing to take out the dead body, so he has to go back out in the cold again. Yeah. And you've got a fucking Bob rolling a, the Mexican term for a red apple Aye. and smoking a fag, quite happy with himself. But it's just when he says that Daisy's got a secret. Yeah. Like, and the whole build up to that, like, again, you're saying, like, uh, Ennio's score, like, the dun. Done. Yeah. Dun 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 dun. Like just when the fuck the the amount of blood that shoots across the table when fucking uh, John Roof vomits just the yeah. And it looks across the room at OB who just yeah, fucking does the same shit back. And like Chris Maris is like standing there, kind of like looking. Ah, he's and not it, cottoned on yet. And it was um, Roof like shouts to him. Ah, like, he's like Maris, the coffee. And he's like, throws it across the room yeah. like it's going to fucking burn him. But fucking Thingley's laughing at him and he's just starts slugging her. Aye, because what was it um, she says to him? Uh, when you get to hell, John, tell him Daisy sent you. That's what it was, and he just fucking hooks her. <laughs> and then, like, holds on to her, hooks her, brings her back up again, hooks her, just... and then he, like, total vomits on her. Eh? It's amazing! Like, oh, it's, <laughs> it's cringeworthy, but it's, like, justice at the same time. Because she's laughing. She's, he's getting weak. He's fucking knocking her. She's just laughing at him. Right. And he's like, and Who is it that fucking shoots him? Uh, Daisy. She had a Daisy gun. Daisy shoots him, I. And the thing is, he just looked at her where he was like, do it. Because he just had like this sad look on his face where he was like, I'm fucking dying anyway. I'm vomiting Aye. blood. May as well just fucking shoot me. And then it just looks like a fucking dead bear in the room. Like Aye. that big fucking coat. Just and sucks. obviously, that's no really over for his troubles there towards the end of the film where she fucking hacks his arm off. Aye, that's... That's the, that's the bit where she like, takes the final hack and she like... Goes on, and her legs her go whole up. Fucking, her whole body weight goes where? Aye, that is funny as hell. Right, let's talk about some of our little characters, the guys that didn't get much in it, but fucking make the film just as much. Oswaldo. Like, Man, I, I think it's a right, like... I love, I actually genuinely think like Tim Roth probably steals the show in this film. 
because he's quite peppy, mm-hmm. you know. Like he's quite happy the fact that he actually is the hangman in fucking Red Rock. Yeah, aye, because like, like I said, they've all kind of like you find out that they've all assumed fake identities, but they've obviously killed an Oswald or Mulberry at some point, and he's just assumed his life. He he's in his briefcase with all his stuff in it. Because that's what I was thinking back. It's like, why is he giving it business cards? Like, how has he had time to come up with props? But it's obviously they've just killed some poor fucker and he's like, I'll take these yeah. and just become this posh little peppy British man. Yeah. Where it's like, Oswaldo Mowbray. Yeah, I thought it was pretty good, that? Like, it is. It's a fucking cracking character. Um, let's see what I've got him doing for. Because that's it. He, he's, he just kind of peppers each scene. He's always just got like... Like, where he's sitting explaining justice. Like, he's like, right, we've got this, but if you've got frontier justice, where they just drag you out and fucking hang you, it's like, whilst it's bloodthirst, like, no, it's, it's thirst quenching. Like, just the way he, like, he he's, likes he's, to he's say this. It's almost like, kind of like, like, Mr. Burns, like, in The Simpsons, how he mm-hmm. kind of, like, puts his hands together. And then when it's fucking revealed, or, like, in chapter five, he's just a fucking cockney. Aye, I like to be fucking switched to the Courtney accent. Aye, it's always like, oh, all fucked up now, is it? And just like he's went for nice posh, just the fucking uh, what was it, Pete Hickox? Pete Hickox, aye. Aye, fucking English. Um, and it was, it's like he he obviously loved the the character. He's the theatrical one of the group. Yeah. Like, I do you think fucking what was Joe Gage again? What was his name? But oh, his name was um. Oh, Grouse Douglas. Mm-hmm. So, it was just the fact that he was so chipper about it. Yeah. Is what I loved about fucking Oswaldo. And the same with that fucking name. Like, I know. If Tim Roth was not there, I could have seen Thingway take his place. Yeah. Christoph Waltz. Just the way he, like, how fucking chipper he was in Inglourious Bastards yeah he was he was he was chipper he was quite peppy yeah aye, he, he liked like what he was, was quite giddy at some of his bits eh? aye. that's a bingo <laughs> like he did he, uh, maybe Quinn like Tarantino just likes writing those sort of characters where he wants excitable yeah. folk even though they're portrayed horrible characters because there's not, there's not a good person in this film yeah Every, like that's a, it's hateful eight. Well, I think there's more than eight of them, but it's definitely there's not really yeah. a good guy. And I mean, obviously, it's back in the times where we're like, can like racism isn't really much of a thing. Mm-hmm. Aye, and like, it's it's the amount of fucking times that they like um, Bruce Dern's character. Right? He makes it abundantly clear that he doesn't want anything to do with black people. Yep, and. Oh, uh, let's let's switch over to him now. Um, when fucking Mannix meets him, ah, he's, and it's like, he's, he's quite a taken back the fact that he's, he's it's like he's almost like served with his dad, aye, in the war and all that. Exactly, and oh, that was aye, that was it. Like Mannix's dad would have served with him, and aye. he was like, "Well, cut my legs off and call me Shorty." Yeah. Is that fucking General Smithers? Yeah. And it's like, you got a good eye, boy. Like, fucking Bruce Dern. What a brilliant way to, like, what a great addition to the cast. I felt yeah. Django, I felt like that 10 seconds you got on Django. Ah, where he played the. 
Oh, he was somebody on the fucking ranch. Aye. Like, it felt like he was uh, he was burning the woman's face yeah. for running away. Um, I, I, was like, I felt one of those like an audition, just like for Tarantino to work with yeah. him. It was like, I like him. I, mean, he fucking, I mean, like, Bruce Dern had like the easiest job on the set, sat in the chair. Yep. The whole fucking time. Aye. Yeah. Like, the shit he does in that chair, like, the the fucking horror stories he gets told and he's sitting pulling the blanket up to his chin uh, like not believing the stories that his lordy had to blow a black guy <laughs> like what like ah I'm gonna have to say like about ten more fucking times like the th- that story just ah uh, it's quite the first time you see that film you're like what the fuck is going on and it's the fact that they actually have like a あ、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あ
the fucking Sandy Smithers. He he was pulling that blank up to his chin, the fear on his face where he just talk about him fucking sucking his dick and he never gave him a blanket. And it was like a heartbreaker's lie or something, a heartbreaker's promise. Uh. And oh and he left like gave him the gun. That was a loaded gun, wasn't it? Uh. I think he knew he would be quicker at the draw than uh. like fucking Sandy Smillers would be an emotional and for the looks like Went to all the effort to stand up before fucking firing it. Aye. Whereas, fucking Mark was just sitting at the bar, like looked like he already had his fucking hand on the gun. But I was, it was amazing. Like it's amazing. We sorry the story within the story, which Tarantino does so well yeah. with most of his fucking films, like the whole like Michael Fassbender and Jack and and Glorious Bastards. It's like you're watching. A separate story to what's going uh. on, and it it captivates our attention and the fucking everyone in the haberdashery, and that's why it was the perfect time to poison the coffee. Yeah, it just works so fucking well together. Um, let's talk about uh, Ob. I had quite a, a smallish role there. Eh? but he, it's a fucking memorable role as well, like. James Parks, son of like the late Michael Parks. Mm. Like, I think I'm trying to think, when the fuck did Michael Parks die? Uh, this year. Was it this year? Uh. So that's his dad would have got to have seen this. Mm. If he had... If, aye. But everything from him, like all the shit with the door. Aye. Like, when he goes to put the horses in the first time or something. Mm-hmm. And then he comes back in and he's completely covered in snow in it and he's gone, fuck him, he's like, I could have fucking died at the grabs a rug, fucking lies in front of the fire and just starts like just shivering away and it's like, you're right, and he floor. goes, I'll be fine. And then it's Bob when... comes over and's like, you want some stew, Obi? And like, stew, later. Get warm first. But it's just, fucking Bob just leans in the shop <laughs> to talk to him. He's like, you okay, Paul? And it's, um... It comes later on with like a... The send, um, who's it? The send out to fucking take Smithers' body out. Ah, they drew straws um, and Obi it ended lost. up being Obi again. And it's like, oh, you <laughs> poor bastard. But because it was the rage when he came in, it's like, I ain't ever doing that shit again. And it cut to him fucking carrying out Bruce there. Uh, but it's when they come in like one of the first times and they're nailing the door, trying, that door's a whore. Okay. <laughs> And it is, like, there is almost a fucking subplot about that fucking door. Yeah. Like, when they first go in, and all these, like, the whole fucking shouting where you've got Joe Gage and fucking Oswaldo both repeating the same fucking lines but doing it in completely different tempos. Yeah. Like, Joe Gage is raging. It's like, there's a fucking blizzard out there! Shut the door! And he's like, you have to shut the door! You need two pieces of wood! And this the instructions, and then the next cunt comes in, and you've got... Daisy and John Roof repeating the same dialogue. So you have to fucking shut yeah. the door, nail it, shut two pieces of wood. Just doing all that shit. And you're wondering, like, who the fuck broke the fucking door? And the fact that they show you how the door gets fucked in the first place, like, the like justice. We get to see what the fuck happened to the door. And it's like, I, I've got a feeling that Obi isn't really one for, like, being out in cold. Nah. Like, climate and that, because... It's when, um, at the start of the film, when they're talking to uh, Warren, 
Mm-hmm. And Annie's like, he's like oh, I hate to like break this up. He's like, but we've got a blizzard on our ass. He's like, let's get fucking moving, otherwise they're going to catch us. He's mm-hmm. like, and I'm, I'm, I'm not getting cold. Aye. And the same happens again when like, they go yeah. to pick up uh, yeah. Mannix. Yeah. And he's like, could, could we go speed this up? But there's actually one fucking line I really love that Chris Mannix does when he re- recognises all the cunts in the carriage. He's like, wait, you're the hangman, John Roof. And he's like, you're the head. Mark, Marcus uh, Warren. He's like, what are you doing? Having a bounty hunter's picnic? <laughs> <laughs> like, just that fucking line just makes me chuckle. Um... Senior Bob, like, it just has, like, a dry humour to him. Like, just the fact that like, he's got that... It looks like he's fucking sleeping in every shot. His eyes are yeah. shut, arms are wrapped. And it's like, just the way he fucking talks. He's like, oh, I don't think you like me, amigo. Like, when aye, fucking Warren's testing him in the bar. Yeah, aye. you're saying I'm a murderer. Aye. And when you have the subtitles on, you realise he's crying, I'm like, eh, 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 negro amigo. Uh, but the way he says he's all everything's under his breath because it, it's it's just him fucking speaking Mexican. Yeah. Um, but it just when Warren's tricking him, he's like, "Well, what? Sitting talking about rolling a certain type of fag." It's like you know they only smoke fucking red apple tobacco in here. Like it's like yeah, it's like you're just trying to catch me out, amigo. It's like yeah, Bob, you're right. And the fact all the addresses him as Senor Bob. Yeah. Like, just wee touches like that where they just cry, Senior Bob. I like the the bit on the on chapter five when you see them take over the haberdashery and that. Yes. And it's when you see uh, the carriage come in and like fucking Bob puts on the big jacket and the hat and it's kind of like, group hug. Aye. Like, go on boys, we're going to get this one. And it, it is, it's like as if they're all just about to go on stage and do a play. Yeah. Like, they're just getting the wee group huddle together. And that shot there is another great thing where it's like we're getting to see behind the scenes of a scene that we've already seen. Aye, because like it's, it's a flashback. Aye, it's like, like when an extended flashback. Arrive at Haberdashery and Bob goes out to talk to them and they're all wondering where Minnie and Sweet Dave is. But then you've got fucking Joe Gage and uh, Oswald and Mowbray fucking hammering the door shut but could hear all the dialogue for the scene outside uh, and it's like oh, what was going on there it's just like it filling in all the wee blanks it just gives it just fills out the story yeah it just did I tell you I fucking love this film aye uh, several times yeah aye now it's really like, it's one of the, like, the most simplest sounds in the world but yet but then they pick up on it either as a fact that like, during the film, when you first watched it, you would never have thought there was somebody underneath the fucking flavours. Exactly. Some cunt's been hiding in the basement the whole time. And... Which is kind of like a... Like, almost like an homage to the opening uh, bit of Glorious, where all the hidden Jews are underneath the flavours. Aye. I thought you were going to fucking uh, pull out, like, an Evil Dead reference there. No, no, no. Like there's some cunt in the basement. Nah. Um, should we do the... Let's see. I was going to say, we could do the we're chapter actually, five. We're not actually, talk, we're not talked about fucking Daisy. Yeah, let's talk about Daisy. I think... I reckon like she comes across as like a right... Proper like redneck. Mm-hmm. And I just... Way, it's, it's like her, the way she like... Comes out with the lines like... We should like, uh, deliver them. Mm-hmm. And it's like a laugh. It's almost, it's almost like a cackle more than anything. Aye. 
she is, she's like a little witch. And she did look, she is really short in comparison to everyone else in those yeah. scenes. Like, when they were doing like wee round table, she's just this fucking short one yeah. in amongst them. But one night at the start, one of the shots loved in the carriage, was where she was one. It was like a fucking bit of beef jerky or something she was one off of uh, John Roof. And she's just sitting there chewing on what looks like a bit of leather. And she's going... <sighs> And that's Warren's when, just looking at her going, what the fuck are you? That's when um, the carriage pulls up to Warren and he opens the carriage door and he sees fucking, see Daisy with a black eye, it's the first thing you notice. Aye. Obviously, that's obviously fucking Ruth that's gave her that, eh? Mm-hmm. Has to have been. Aye. And what was it, how, like, uh, John Ruth's doing the introduction, saying, this is Daisy Damergo, this is, uh, what was his rank again? Oh, I was going to say Chief uh, fucking Marcus Warren and she's like howdy nigger uh-huh. and fucking John is like she's a pepper ain't she <laughs> and it's like oh just the like she is she, she's first ass um, her playing the guitar uh, she's quite emotional with that like, emotional attached to the guitar eh? uh, that's what I was just going to say like just the wee song she sings and it's filmed that well. It's filmed in the one take as well. Is it? I never Aye. noticed. But the fact that she's sitting there singing this song and the camera shifts focus because it's, we've had our narration for Tarantino. He's told us about the coffee. And she's just sitting there watching over. And when she looks over her shoulder, the fucking focus sh- shifts right in on uh, John Ruth letting OB and uh, Mannix back in for getting rid of Bruce Dern. And they're, not, and they're all handing coffee out to each other. And they're just sitting swishing it about. And it switches back to her, pretend she's no seen anything. And it cuts back and you just see two of them chugging coffee. And you're like, oh no, fuck. But it is, it just, when she gets to play that second verse, uh. where she starts telling John that, like, you'll see you dead as I fucking run to the like border of Mexico. It just fucking grabs the guitar. Walks over and fucking smashes it against the wall. No, and again, if this is one of your trivia notes about the guitar, um, I read that it's a they had like six replicas made, but it's like a like a rare like antique or something. Yes, I heard a story that um the guitar that was used supposedly some uh, ancient like something out of a museum. That uh, again, maybe something for that back in the fucking day. Like from those times, and when he picks up and just smashes it against the wall, the reaction that Jennifer Jason Lee gives is as if she almost breaks character, and starts going whoa whoa, and she looks off camera at someone, like freaking out, which uh, supposedly that is like Kurt like Russell destroying a legit guitar that is fucking decades old, and her knowing that. And, like, fucking going, whoa, 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 whoa. And I'm thinking either looking at the director, looking at someone, going, uh. does he can what he's just did? But it cuts to another shot so quick. But her just going, whoa, whoa. And her accent's fucking changed and all hung. Uh. Like, it's just, like, shit, maybe that story is true. I like to imagine it is, but I think they're just saying, like, hundreds of thousands of dollars. Like, uh. they that whatever museum build them for fucking destroying that guitar. Mm. But 
I just I think her reaction alone is like, oh, I was like saying the cunt that's no paying the bill was worth the price of uh, a hundred thousand pound guitar. Um, I liked the uh, deal for Manus like towards the end, right? Like when she's trying to get Manus to turn and kill yeah. Warren and all that. And you've got Warren on the bed in slow motion, like you're making a deal with this diabolical bitch. <laughs> Uh, oh, I just I've got that shot in my head of her just looking at her, those front teeth are missing. Uh, it's just, just the talk, gums. She's totally covered in fucking genre's blood. Aye, uh, oh, it's fucking well, so grim. Her blood in the fucking brain of her brother. Aye, shit. Um, but I think I've got most. That's most of my notes on her. Like we talked about the chopping off of the arm, yeah. uh, playing the guitar. And talk that sass nigger. There were my three points about her. And the fact that she did hang. It's a perfect fucking ending, isn't it? Yeah. Right, who have we got left? I mean. Um, Warren, really, I think. Yeah. Uh, Michael Madsen's got a gorgeous head of hair. Don't really much else to him. Aye, he lays in his bed quite a lot in that form, eh? Aye. Fucking hard shift for Michael Madsen. Yeah. Aye. Let's talk about Major Marcus Warren. Shit, most of the points. Well, I've always noticed as well as when Tarantino comes out with these character names, it's the way he spells them. Aye, a Q and Marcus. Yeah. I never knew that. Like, uh, I always knew his name was Marcus, but yeah. when looking up IMDb, it's like, ah, oh, fair enough. That yeah. might be historically accurate for like a name like that given out at the time. Yeah, might have not all but been. But kind of like almost got like a, it's almost like it's French mm-hmm. sort of thing, eh? Exactly. Now, is like Sam Jackson is the leading actor of this aye, film. Aye, he's a top build in the film. And right enough, like he does fucking brilliant in this film. I think maybe I don't think anyone is bad in this movie. No, nah. everyone is like on their fucking game. Yeah, like. Kurt Russell, Disney miss a step. Fucking Jennifer Jason Lee, like considering that she's what she's kind of like disappeared in a little obscurity in the days. She's not really done anything. I can't remember. The only thing I recognise her for recently was she was in Good Time. All right, okay, and well, that's it. It may be like niche uh, independent films that these uh. fucking pop up in and still deliver good work, but it is it's sort of like the Tarantino thing where he plucks. Pl- plucks people up out of not obscurity but fuck of had their time I have like you know like dropped off there aye Travolta uh, Bruce Willis like just Uma, maybe Uma Thurman yeah she never really she was always kind of hanging about the middle but aye. she'd always peak when she was working with with Tarantino yeah but just it was it was totally it was Sam Jackson's film and even if he doesn't get a bigger role, because that's it. But nine times out of ten, Sam Jackson's got a cameo in, or he's got some sort of role yeah. in Tarantino's work. I like when uh, Warren finally kind of solves everything, mm-hmm. where he notices, he notices everything, he notices the fact that in Minnie's haberdashery, they didn't allow dogs, they didn't allow Mexicans, they didn't allow hats. Yes. I, he, uh, 
because that's it to begin with. We think yeah. it's John Roof that's doing the investigation, but yeah. fucking Warren's the same. Like, sure, he was quizzing Bob out in the barn, but yeah. he does. He cottons on about, it's like, and see, we forgot about Minnie's no hat policy. And right enough, first thing you see in chapter five when Ockham walks in, like, hats. Oh, they pull his hats back. Yeah. Um, and the same shit about fucking Sweet Dave's chair. Yeah. And even the stew. Aye, it's like, it's like, it's like, it's like if Minnie is really away seeing a mum, then how come she that would be this morning? Yeah. Aye. And it's, it's just seeing you bubble like, oh, you could give me a murder. Aye. Uh, well, attempting a Mexican voice there. <laughs> it's, it's when, it's like, you got hard food? Do you consider stew food? Like, yeah, then we got food. <laughs> like, his fucking delivery is priceless. Like, oh, I fucking love all the characters in this film. Like, honestly, it's, it's, it's like a giant whodunit. Which Aye. it is. Yeah. I I reckon if it's me would come for like my love if I conclude it as well. I was gonna say like I I kind of like with the score as well. I just always had like wee images of like fucking uh, Tim Curry and all that. Oh, imagine if Tim Curry was in this. Uh-uh. Shit. Um, but aye, maybe eighties Tim Curry. Yeah. No, that's it. Because it's really when fucking Warren solves it because he has everyone lined up against the wall. Aye. And of course, that's we'll, we'll segue into our chapter five discussion. But yeah. it is when say fucking say goodbye to your eggs. Yeah, John and Tatum. Aye. And I mean, the thing is as well, like you can never forget because on the opening, on the opening bit of the and it gives you the list of all the cast and that. Aye. It then says and John and Tatum. Aye. And obviously, because you're so invested in everything that's going on you kind of forget exactly you, you're on a fucking carriage ride for half an hour and then you're seeing all these folk like unless you're there for Chatham Tatum you're the only person that knows he's not there yeah until just the fucking camera goes for his face doing then underground and you're like oh, there's some gun in the basement and yeah. you're just fucking clicking the guns pointing up it's amazing and as like Warren gets that like long slow motion scene where he's like Ah, ah, just on the ground holding his balls, screaming. And kind of like, it's basically fucking like, frame by frame him when he's fucking in Django where he gets shot mm-hmm. in the kneecaps. Aye, aye. He does, he fucking, he properly, he just aye, ham it up. It. Aye, but that's how else do you act when you get shot in the fucking plums? Like, yeah. they're gone. They're gone. There's no, like... He's like, I'm bleeding like a stuck pig. Like he's, he and knows I mean, like, he's gonna die. I reckon. I'm trying to think who. Who would you say had the worst death in the film? Shit, because that's see, you had them two vomiting. Um, Senior Bob gets a fucking tiger. It's like that friend. Aye, it's like a total watermelon effect. Aye, that was those two guns pointing to his face. And I quite like the bit as well though where they thought about how they're gonna like take everybody in and a gang and it's like oh, it's like we will cut it because he's not got any face. Aye. It's like someone getting fuck off for him. Exactly. It's like Bob's not gonna give us a peso. Aye, shit. Um, because that's it. They're talking about they're all like the Jody Demigray gang. Yeah, and then uh, Jody's worth fifty fifty grand. Aye, but and uh, like. The fucking headshot is like that sudden. Aye. Is it not like he's in the middle of a sentence and just go? Aye. 
and it's just her fucking screaming. Aye, she's totally covered in all his brain and all that. Aye, because she's she's confident for it. She knows, like, aye, like all kind of rounders on her team. The boy in the basement, and it's not until she doesn't feel threatened until his fucking head, yeah, fucking blown away. I like how when like obviously Warren's decked out in the bed, Chris Bannix is fucking pointing him out, and Warren tells it right, tell him to fucking throw his guns up. He's like, throw your gun up. One gun. He's like, now the other one. And so I don't have another one. You better shit out a gun and throw it up then. And he chucks up and fucking warns like, I fucking told you you had another gun. And it was just like, he was, he was kind of, the fact that, right, we're on the same team now. And he was kind of, because Mannix is a bit naive. Uh, he's like, he's, he comes off as like this young kid who's going off to be the sheriff. But yeah. he's, he's not, he's not a veteran of anything. So, this is him getting fucking raised, getting chucked in the fucking yeah. deep ends. Um, but, the whole fucking chapter five thing is, like, I love that when they kind of just do the flashback and it yeah. fills in all the gaps. Like, all the shit with, like, the candy jars, aye, the jelly beans. I because that's one of the first instances that uh, Warren notices uh, that the jelly beans in between the... Aye, he looks up at the shelves and notices the jar missing for the middle. Looks at the floor and just sees one red jelly bean sitting in the crack. And when you watch it for the first time, it's like, that's weird. But when you watch it a second time, it's yeah, like, yeah, he's just mentally taking all these notes. And the same with uh, fucking Daisy. Like, when she's, she's secretly feeding information back to her gang, like when they're making coffee for the first time, and it's just John Roof, Daisy, and the rest of the gang. And she says, we got the sheriff of Red Rock with us. And the fucking uh, Oswaldo takes the bait. And he's like, sheriff of Red Rock? What's this? And, he, and, uh, and he's like, did I tell you to open your fucking mouth? And he's just giving her shit. But it's also she's just relaying information. Uh, and then she says, and like... You've got a nigger friend in the stable, and it's, it's as if she's just telling the guys, right? We've got yeah. the sheriff, we've got this black guy, and like she's just fucking feeding them information. Uh, and when you watch it for the first time, that's nothing. Yeah, that's she what just, that's what I'm saying because obviously it's a, it's a film that needs to be watched twice. I you fully understand it. Aye, but that's it. Like she's she's not just sitting talking to a bunch of strangers. Aye. She's fucking filling in the blank. She's letting her folk know it's it's not just she'd be sitting their eyes and ears for them. The plans changed. There's more players now, but ah, because it was only meant to be her, John, and Ob. Yep, and that's it. Because that's what they mentioned the fucking boy didn't like Ob and the black guy are in the stable. Um, right. When Jody and that show up, and it is like the proper start of chapter five, and you've got fucking six six horse Judy jump up, who's almost as fucking peppy as Oswaldo. Yeah. Like she's just so fucking keen and happy about her fucking life. What could possibly go wrong today? Get shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but where she's just like talking about like bigging up Minnie's haberdashery, saying it's fucking the best place on earth. Like fucking amazing coffee, like witty banner. Come on in, lads, and get the hats off. And they're they do that great introduction where it's like uh, Minnie's like take off those cloths and tell me who you are. And then they're all pulling down, and it's like Jody, and then you've got fucking Pete uh, Grouch, or aye, 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 where they're just all like 
you find out who they all really are and it's like holy shit they are they're all characters but it's when they all um, like everything's planned like how they all single everyone off like Bob's Shadow and Sweet Dave uh, fucking Oswaldo's getting a lassie to grab jelly beans and fucking Joe Gage is wanting fucking peppermint sticks yeah. So everyone's singled off. So when Minnie's sitting rolling a fucking cigarette for Jody, oh, actually the fucking French bit. Aye. Where hey. it's like, we? It's like, oh, it's French. It's like, it's like, oh, I like that. Which is fucking shouting over to sweet Dave. It's like, uh, hey Dave. Tell me my ass is fat. It's like, what? Like, tell me my ass is fat. I know it's fat. No, ask me. Why? <laughs> like, just do it. Is your ass fat? Oui. Look, everybody, I speak French. <laughs> just, oh, it's just the way he writes, like, writes these wee bits of dialogue. That didn't need to be there. I like to, like, Bob, which obviously that scene in character, like, acting like he's actually interested in playing, like, chess. Yes, aye. But he's actually all oh, the real reason why he's... He's why ready he's, to uh, fucking shoot that, but, like, him and Smithers, but... I love how they kind of decide. He makes the place look authentic. Let's leave him here. Yeah. And he's like, I'll say yes, no in my name, and I'll leave it at that. And he's like, ah, boy. Aye. It's just the fucking shooting's brutal. Aye. Like, Minnie, her servants, and it, it's Bob catching the fucking boy coming in for the stables with the firewoods. And, well, that's how you lose the fucking door. Aye. And he uses his fucking, like, uses his six shots and catching him so when Sweet Dave goes to move you can only just fucking stab him to uh, death which is a wee bit like vicious but had to be done yeah but shit I love that just filled in all the blanks yeah I think the fact that because it takes its time and it's playing it aye that's what makes it better because it's not like it's rushed aye which is why the film has such a lengthy runtime as well exactly and that's it. That a lot of Fox complaints could be just the fact that the film's so fucking long. But it's but roughly it's like the same amount of runtime as probably like Django and yeah, like Glorious. Oh, only IMDb when I looked up the day and it was like runtime three hours seven minutes. Then when I read through the trivia, aye, it's only three hours and seven minutes because it, on the the roadshow they had the road twenty show, minute and a mission. Aye, the intermission. Because that's that had an extended opening, but it was more or less just cameras that panning across the snowy landscape, Aye. like more or less what you saw with the cross, but for yeah. about five minutes longer. Yeah, and the fucking overture score going absolutely fucking mental. Especially in the cinema, where it's just the volume just feels like it's cranked to eleven. So, shit, I think we've talked about it all. Ah, let me just double check my new. Obviously, we did talk about it as well, but it's. When the hang, yes. Let's talk about the ending. Yeah, and when you first watched it, did you think that Manitz was going to turn on Warren? Nah, just the fact they got like obviously Daisy's attempting offer, which is a bit and a yeah. threat that there's going to be fifteen men waiting for you. Yeah, like you're not going to make it Red Rock with all our bodies on a horse. Yeah. On, or the fact that we're going to do that will also fucking destroy the town of Red Rock as well like 
I don't know why I just imagined Red Rock and thought back to fucking Gene Wilder going to fucking Blazing Saddles as like the sheriff of a wee small town. Oh yeah. Like that's, it just seems like it might just be a, a wee wee small fucking town that he's got to be the sheriff of, like in charge of. Maybe nothing too big just because he's fucking new to it. Yeah. But the fact that 50 men on horses could obliterate a town. Aye. I like how they pull it back to like, they're dying. What the fuck are we going to do to her? Like, John wanted her to hang. Like, and she's going to fucking hang. Because they kind of thought, let's just shoot her. Aye. But I said, no, no. Shooting's too good for her. Aye. And then it's like, Warren was like, he's like, he's like, I'm my first and final act as the sheriff. Because they, they know they're fucked. They're, they're dead. Because yeah, he got that shot to the sides and, and they're just bleeding out on a bed. And yeah. they're both fucked, and there's a blizzard. They're not. There's nobody riding horses. They're fucked. They're just gonna die there. Yeah. But it's it's fucking Warren's line, like where they pull up, and they're both fully back. They're all, and they tie it to the bedpost, and the yeah. whole bed fucking shifts, like the frame just fucking goes squint as soon as the weight adjusts. But Warren's like, "Hang on, Daisy, I wanna watch," and she just. <laughs> And she doesn't ham up. She doesn't wiggle, wiggle, and die. It just, just as the music tells uh, you when it ends, like where it just goes, yeah. And she just then her eyes look fucking black, faces cake it in the blood and brains, and she just yeah there with no teeth and hanging. I, and I like the fact that I like the way it ended. The fact that um, Manith asked to see the letter. Aye, the legendary Lincoln letter. And I mean, it is like. And he just and he reads the whole fucking thing out, which yeah. is nice because that kind of like takes away the mystery. I like to think like how he likes to carve like a universe together. Yeah. Like imagine if the fucking like briefcase that they go pick up Pulp Fiction was like a Lincoln letter. Ah, like sure that makes no sense in Pulp Fiction. Yeah, because obviously we didn't even like nobody still knows what's in the briefcase. Yeah, he'll, he'll go to his grave with him. Um. But he reads the whole fucking letter, and everyone loves that line. That I hear old Mary, old Mary Todd calling. I guess it's time for bed. And he's like, "That's a nice touch." He's like, "It is, isn't it?" And you just have that fucking that song. I think of who the boy singing was. If it's Roy like Johnny Cat, Roy Orbison, where it's like, it's like there ain't nobody coming home. Yeah. Something along those lines. But it's like that's it. All cunt stayed. Yeah. And it was it's a good wee note to finish it on, and then you just get the big bold writing of written and directed by Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. I guess it's probably fair to say it's underrated. Because it it's it gets shot on quite a lot. Yeah. And it's not going to be the first thing people I think, think it's of. Because, I think it's because it's no quite what folk are used to with Tarantino. Aye. Because in his last few films, it like, Django and Claudius like killers all that kind of like stylized like violence yeah. that and this is confined to one aye which is kind of, it's kind of almost like fucking like Reservoir Dogs aye aye because that's it that may as well be a warehouse and the set design was brilliant like that looks yeah. like a like a proper little fucking cabin in yeah. the middle of fucking nowhere um, I guess it's time for trivia aye I've actually got a couple of interesting trivia notes I, was, I quite enjoyed reading them uh, first one that I found that was really interesting was that Quentin Tarantino has went on to say that some of Ennio's compositions for the film were 
unused scores from the thing. I've heard about that. And you could hear it now, like, now. Uh, Did you read that trivia before watching it or after? Yeah, I read it after it. Like, you could almost fucking tell, like, when you hear some scores, when they're getting the horses, taking them in, it's like, it's like a, almost like a computer sound, like, and then it's just the music kicking in, like, that sounds like, like, that sounds like shit for the thing, the overture stuff, Disney's in, like, anything, like, that sounds like your old Western music. This was the first Western that Ennio Morricone composed in 40 years. Yeah. Well, that, that's it. It's, a, a I, genre. I, I don't know if you can still class it as a Western, but that's what's on the notes anyway. I guess just, just because a Western setting, uh, definitely. Yeah. Like, Django's more of a Western. This takes place in the Django universe, Tarantino's went on to say. Okay. Because um, apparently the he actually wanted Django to turn up. Right. And apparently the original title was going to be Django in White Hell. Right. You could have almost had Django be like Marcus Warren. Yeah. Like a bounty, because when you first saw him, he was a bounty hunter. He's got a couple fucking bodies to go cash in. Yeah. It could have been like old man Django. Yeah. But then you've got to think your time setting, because that's... Uh. People in the plantation, then there's a civil war. This is a couple of decades after that. Yeah. Like the whole timeline, but. Yeah. Complicates it. Yeah, and this, this is probably my favourite. Trevor not, and you probably appreciate as well, is that Oswald's real name is Pete Hickox. Mm-hmm. Which Quentin Tarantino went on to say that he is the ancestor of Archie Hickox for the English bastards. bastards. Fuck off, that's... Aye. Ah, I can love it when they do, like, when they sew it all together. Yeah, like, saying that that would, he would be Archie's great-great-grandfather or something. Oh, I fucking love it when Fox did that shit. I thought that was quite a nice wee, Aye, nice wee trivia note. And it makes so much fucking sense, because they're both... Uh, well, I can't mind Archie being British. like a... Aye, but... Aye, fucking, he wasn't really much a, a, cockney, a cockney, was he? exactly. Aye, aye he was... He, he was kind of like Oswaldo, like proper uh, peppy British. Yeah. But, aye. I do like that when he fucking, like, when he sews it together, like, with the, the Vega brothers. And aye. Yeah. Like, I do like he has his universe. And just wee things like that, just the fact. Yeah. The way uh, they were taking the guns off of Joe Gage, and he says the line, a bastard's work is never done. Ah, that like, that was the tagline for an And like it's like that wasn't he said for no reason. Like that was yeah a, a well orchestrated line. Like one of one of the first trivia notes where I was talking about when the script was leaked mm-hmm. and Tarantino wasn't gonna film it. Aye. It was uh, Samuel Jackson that convinced him to work it uh, to film it. Right. Well fucking thank God he did. And especially like he had to meet his role. Uh uh, fucking Smithers' son got to fund that out for himself. Aye. Um, aye, I think I remember one one of the, the tweaks he supposedly made to it uh, was I think Bob, Senior Bob was French. Aye. Yeah, in the original yeah. thing, wasn't it? But no, fucking, I'm so happy that we've got like Mexican, like Senior Bob. Yeah. I can't imagine him French now. 
especially like the whole shit like can't imagine having a sign that no French no dogs um, okay so the budget to the hateful eight it was made for 40 million dollars Boy. Mm-hmm. which that sounds a bit right I mean for the there was much sets you had a lot of folk there wasn't any, there wasn't really any special effects it was so 40 sounds a bit right uh, obviously again it was it was famously filmed on like that was it ultimate panovision uh, 65 millimeter which was projected at 70 millimeter hence all his fucking roadshow stuff yeah but uh, do you remember what the box office was like for it um, it came out the special edition of the film came out on Christmas day I think and that was like in uh, 100 cinemas to begin with and then the following week it was released digitally yeah. and saying that that was when it fucking ended up online for for everyone to watch do you think things like that like damaged its box office aye because that really did come out like this, like that that came out before it was in UK cinemas so the temptation was fucking too much for me and I imagine for most folk and that's it why go to the pictures to see a film that's nearly three hours long when you could watch it in your house? Yeah. So I imagine, and I felt a bit. I felt I do like I do feel bad when it's like a director I like. So when I got the chance to see the, the extended edition in cinemas, I jumped on it to pay for it, and yeah. I felt that right. Okay, I've given my money towards it. I, I do feel bad now for downloading it and watching it. If you like, I've still supported the artist. Yeah. Rather than fucking stealing the film. But worldwide, all together, how much? 70. Done better than that. It pulled in $155 million. 54 domestic. Yeah. So it only got a return of 14 million. And then foreign market, 101 million. So. No, I was going to say that I've kept the Weinsteins happy. No, a tainted brand. Ah, I know. I wonder who's going to be fucking producing, like, the Charlie Manson film, I wonder. Because there's yeah. always been Weinsteins with him. Ah, yeah. So, I remember when I seen that fucking, their name pop up at the front of the film, like, that, that the lights that yeah, make the fucking W, like, oh, I'm not going to see that, them anymore. Mm-hmm. Now, I did mention this week as well that I've got a wee gimmick for our one-star reviews. All right. Um, this this is famously reviewed. I mean, on Amazon, it has one thousand one hundred and seventeen reviews. Yeah. One hundred seventy-five are one-star reviews. All right. So I dubbed this section the eight hateful one-star reviews. All right. Uh, so I have picked up eight of the fucking daftest reviews, the most hateful fields and easiest to read, which is a lie because they will probably choke when reading. Uh, our first review, one plus one plus one plus one equals bored by Renard. 35 minutes in and I'm bored senseless. Just watched the first two chapters. Now I can see how the rest of the next hour or so is going to be, so I've turned it off. 
he turned his film off 35 minutes in. I'm trying to think. I don't think they're even at the haberdashery at that point yet. Nah. The fucking numbskull. Still like two hours or so of the film, eh? Exactly. Bored senseless. I can see where this is going. You've seen nothing. Nothing. Ah. Oh, um, one star by Ian. I wish I could give her it zero e crap. So, in that review, he's spelt give wrong and zero wrong. Yeah. He had an I at the end of zero. Um, an overlong, self-indulgent load of rubbish by Pinky. It has all the ingredients for a great film, but unfortunately, the chef has cocked this one up. The meal was cooked by a chef who was long ago awarded his Michelin star and no longer feels he needs to try. Or that he could put out a great meal by simply turning on the stove. This could, and really should, have been a whole lot better. There's some fucking... Like, that's a chef who wrote a review right there. Uh. Eight is bad enough. Nine could have been a disaster by Mr. Feed. After a hateful eight minutes, I had the great pleasure of pressing the eject button. So, to be honest, I think you might have just been trying to be witty since I waited eight minutes and turned it off. Uh, but, I, I can't imagine it's like you got eight minutes and went, nah. Now, what's the point? What's the point of buying a fucking film and then just going, nah. Uh, not Worth a Penny by Peter. No action and nothing just talks in strange English for 40 minutes. Unwatchable. Uh, Review number six. Nope. By Mrs. Jones. Sorry, Miss Jones. My family and I sat down to watch this movie. Mum got a phone call and left for 30 minutes. Dad went to bed. My boyfriend and I turned it off after another 10 minutes. Also being introduced to the his fucking dingus. Uh, uh, load of rubbish. I normally enjoy Tarantino films, as does my family, but this was just too slow. Plus, the accents were so thick, I missed a lot of the dialogue. Uh, were they really concerned? I can't hear what Senior Bob's saying. I mean, calm down. Especially, like, that would have been an awkward moment, like, watching the fucking, like, the blowjob story in front of your family. Uh, I could imagine you watching it in front of, like, Gordon and Louise. Aye. My, I think my dad fucking loves this film, but he's never got a chance to watch it at all. He, uh, he, uh, I think he was watched a stream of it, and he was talking about how fucking good it was, and it got halfway through, and the stream cut out, uh, and he's never seen the end of it. Like, he says he was about an hour and a half into it, and the film cut out. Uh, and I'm like, once I've finished this fucking podcast, there you go, dad. Fucking fill in the blank. Watch the full film. Yeah. Um, our next review by Jane. Cock, cock, and more cock. Apart from Jennifer Jason Lee, the female characters, could they be any more frivolous? I was waiting for animated birds and animals to start making the coffee, carrying the luggage for the serious, clever man. I imagine the women at this time in an outpost in the middle of nowhere, were that naive. Uh, when it came to the men in the wild, wild west. In brackets, at least they weren't raped. Oh. So that, that's a, a review from a feminist. I could see. 
I mean, calm down, it was a film. She was quite spunky for a female character. Like, she was an evil little bitch. And our last one, uh, number eight. I'd rather put my hand in a blender by Mark. One of the worst five films I've ever seen. All right. I could have written a better script in half an hour. It was slow, cringeworthy, and the obvious death march to welcome arms of the credits. Would rather wash everyone's car in my street than watch this again. It's quite specific, is I'd wash all the cars in the street before I'd watch The Hateful Eight again. Alright. I wouldn't say washing your car is that bad a thing. Aye. But all kind of else's. Some folk ain't get carried away when they're doing wee reviews on Amazon. Aye. And they like to fucking put their wee spin on it. Cock, cock and more cock. I'm not cutting any of the one-star reviews. They're getting the all eight. Um, what's next for the Films and Swear and Movie podcast? The final film of the year, Films and Swear 162, will be seven. With Kevin Spacey. Yes. Hot news, Kevin Spacey. Oh, imagine. was it? Who directed that? Was it David Fincher? Aye. Fucking Fincher comes out. Is a nah, nah, I've it. It's Christopher Plummer in it now. Just CG'd his face, mapped on every oh, fucking scene. No. Fucking spaces out, plumbers in. So yes, our last film will be David Fincher's Seven, as voted on our Twitter poll, beating out Braveheart and the Big Lebowski website, filmswearing.com for all the podcasts, Blu-ray reviews, Amazon links, social media and all that jazz. You will find it there. Do your Christmas shopping on our Amazon link. Go to our filmswearing.com, click on the link, do all your shopping, you'll help us. But, Mike, I can hear old Mary Todd calling. I guess it's time for us to do our shout-outs. Yeah. Shout-out to Andros for our theme music. Thanks to Stu, Kenny, Carol, and all the other cunts for tuning in. Let us fill your lugs with our nice, warm, dingus, Johnson, Pecker. Filling your lugs full of heat yeah, and warmth. No blankets for us. No, no. Uh, but it's now that time of night for us to pull out. And if we learned one thing for the day, Mike, it would be... That John Ruth likes to beat and hang women. John Ruth likes to let them hang. Fuck off and tune in next week. <laughs>